0: Hi, I'm Jago Wynne and welcome to the HDC Daily Podcast. We as a church are meeting daily on Zoom to speak to God in prayer and to hear from God in the Bible. For those of you who can't join us live or who want to listen again, we're featuring the Daily Bible Thought as we journey through the book of Acts and we're also including how we're being encouraged to pray each day. Today, it's Jamie Mulvaney. So
1: let's take a look at Acts chapter 15
0: verse 1. Certain people
1: came down from Judea to Antioch and were teaching the believers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. This brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute and debate with them. So, Paul and Barnabas were appointed, along with some other believers, to go up to Jerusalem to see the apostles and elders about this question. The church sent them on their way, and as they traveled through Phoenicia and Samaria, they told how the Gentiles had been converted. This news made all the believers very glad. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and elders to whom they reported everything God had done through them. Then some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, the Gentiles must be circumcised and required to keep the law of Moses. The apostles and elders met to consider this question. After much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, you know that some time ago God made a choice among you that the Gentiles should hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did to us. He did not discriminate between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of Gentiles a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear. No, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved, just as they are. So disagreement in the church. It's really ugly isn't it? It leaves a bad taste in your mouth and uh, on the one hand here we have the traditionalists, the people who know um, it takes uh, 10 minutes to chop down a tree and that tree won't uh, grow again probably in 10 years time. Uh, people that fill in their bones what the church is truly about, its essence, what is the essence of the faith, their commitment to, to orthodoxy it would appear. Um, And then on the other hand, you have these upstarts who want to upturn everything. Um, They've got their whiz-bang methods. They draw crowds. But where is this all going to take us at the Pharisees' wonder? Seemingly throwing out what Moses had spelled out about circumcision a millennium and a half before and what Abraham did 500 years before that. And uh, both as Christians and as the church, this time of coronavirus has turned upside down how we act as the church for each one of us. Um, people listening from uh, many parts of the world this morning, uh, many parts of the UK, will still be unable to worship in person together. Um, but it's been great to be back together as a church here at HTC. Uh, uh, it's been six months since we've had communion together, and it was such a joy on Wednesday to meet for our first lunchtime communion in, um, in six months. But even then, as the person leading communion, I was the only person who was allowed to take the wine. And uh, for so many people, communion is really at the heart of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, being held by the liturgy and the sacrament. Um, and then there's, there's others who are all about being immersed in half an hour of, of worship on mass on a Sunday, uh, being swept along a wave of worship, of, of soft rock, and uh, encountering God's love in that way. And we're still unable to do that as well. Um, and that too is so powerful, so meaningful, encountering God's presence in that way. I've been really amazed um, at how powerful action songs have been, um, but we're still unable to sing. And there's all these different traditions that make up the church, whether old or new, stylistically formal or informal. And there's something about these traditions that help us to feel at home and secure. And um, it's all too easy to think that wherever you find yourself at home in the church, uh, that, that that is the home of the church. That is where the church really belongs and how Christians are to be and to act. That the way that you worship, the way that you behave, uh, what you focus on, that this is how to be a true believer. But what marks a Christian and what marks the church? Now, what did the Pharisees say? We read in verse 5 that then some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, The Gentiles must be circumcised and required to keep the law of Moses. And how does Peter reply? Well, we've seen um, that in verse six to eleven. Have a look at uh, verse ten. He says, "Now then, why do you trust? Why why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of Gentiles a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear?" The thing is that the law of Moses, including circumcision, no one can fulfil that except for Jesus. So, what marks a Christian? The first thing is the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. Coronavirus is not the great leveller. It's a plutocracy. If you have means or a big apartment or a garden or whatever, uh, you do better off if you have health, if you're young. But the the cross of Christ is the great leveller. We read in verse 9 that he did not discriminate. And we read in verse 11 that it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that we are saved. They are. We all need saving just as much as the next person, whoever we are, wherever we've come from, whatever we look like. So that's the first mark of a Christian, is the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. The other mark of a Christian, to get to the real heart of it, is the sending of the Holy Spirit. We read in, in verse eight that God who knows the heart showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them just as he did to us. And notice how these two things, that the faithfulness of Jesus and the sending of the Spirit, these are two things that happen to us, that these are things that we receive by faith. And God, he grows in us the fruit of the Spirit. He gives each one of us uh, particular gifts as well. And they are gifts. uh, They're not earnings. They're not things that you earn. And they're fruit. Uh, They're things that God grows in us, and and we can provide the right conditions. We can live a life pleasing to the Spirit, but these are things that, that God does in us and through us. And where the Pharisees, they're focused on externals, things like circumcision, we recognize that we're not changed from the outside in, but we are changed from the inside out. This is about what is going on in our hearts. The faithfulness of Jesus and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so now this is the mark of covenant and identity. It's not about doing X, Y or Z. It's not about being from a particular ethnic background because that would mean that grace is no longer grace. But because God has fulfilled the covenant with Israel in sending Jesus as Messiah, the covenant family is now thrown open to all people uh, without distinction. And uh, so, yes, your Christianity is deeply personal as you think about the way that you, you worship, the way that you relate to God. Your, your Christianity is deeply personal, but it is not private. It is not a private possession, but it is a promise to be shared with everyone. I spoke on Sunday about having an abundance of Fruit, having an abundance of fruit in our life. And the vision of our church is every life bearing fruit for Jesus. And that is what we long uh, to see happen through us, is that other people would come to know Jesus through our lives. So, can I encourage you this morning to be defined, be marked by Jesus' faithfulness to you and the Holy Spirit at work in
0: your life? Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Wherever you're listening to this from, um... We pray today uh, for people to become Christians on HCC Daily. Um, You'll have heard Jamie say on the recording that we all need saving as much as the next person. And we spent some time together praying for God to be, uh, for the gospel to going out at our church, um, at the services we've got. We've got Alpha coming up. You know, we're meeting together for these six Sunday services. and. Um, we're looking ahead even to Christmas at the moment. I know that's smiles away. Don't worry about that. That's to come. But as a church, we're planning things and we're praying God's for, uh, for God's power to be at work there. So I just encourage you to pray for our church and maybe pray for the service you come to. And then also maybe today to pray for um, someone or some people, you know, to meet Jesus. Um, those prayers can be hard because sometimes we'll be praying for people for a long time. But God is faithful and he hears us when we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. So um, give those prayers to God today as we pray for people to become Christians.